Hello, hello, Limitless Mothers. Wow, do we have a corker of a guest for today's show. I'm interviewing Kylie Travers, who has just the most incredible story to share. She has overcome all manner of obstacles and really turned things around in her life. Her story is a testament to both the power that we have to shape our own reality and not be shaped by the things that happen to us, and also to the critical importance of taking care of ourselves. We're going to dig into Kylie's journey from a homeless single mother to starting her own business, but how that soon segued into severe stress, burnout, and serious debilitating health issues. Kylie has an incredible ability to turn obstacles into positives and shares with us her most recent discoveries that have enabled her to work less and earn more. Let's get to it. Let's go to the show. You're listening to the Limitless Mother podcast, bringing you strategy, mindset, and a dash of woo. If you want to learn how you can balance motherhood and money-making beautifully, if you want to learn the strategy, mindset, and manifestation tips you need to do more of what lights you up, attract more ideal clients, make more money, and enjoy more time freedom, if you want to create this vision of success because you are a mother not in spite of it, then you are in the right place, my love. I'm your host, success coach, business mentor, mother, and tea drinker, Corey Javid. So join me while we explore what's possible for us as mothers and business owners when we remove the limits. Welcome to the show, Limitless Mothers. Joining me on today's show is Kylie Travers. Kylie's story captured my attention, so I just had to get her on the show. In the space of three years, Kylie went from being a homeless single mother because of domestic violence to multiple international award-winning marketing CEO, speaker, writer, and ambassador. Kylie is passionate about empowering women through financial independence and shares ways to make money, save money, shares tips to market without money, and how to turn obstacles into opportunities, which she's definitely learned a a thing or two about on her website and through her speaking and consulting work. Kylie joins me today from Australia, where she lives with her two daughters. I'm so excited to have you on the show, Kylie. Welcome. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. (laughs) Um, So you have such an incredible story. So I feel like we have to start with that. Let's dig in there. Tell me about how you completely turned your life around from being in that situation of being homeless to being an award-winning marketing CEO. That's quite a transition. Tell us about it. It is. It was was rather large. Uh, So it started with leaving my now ex-husband. It was an abusive relationship and I decided Mm. I had enough. Took my young mm. I had started blogging during the marriage and had spoken once overseas, sort of thing. And I had just gotten a book contract and that sort of thing. So I had a little bit behind me, but mm. yeah, leaving him was quite difficult because obviously he was stalking and, and all this sort of oh stuff. Goodness. Within a week of leaving him, I was robbed of everything, including my underwear. <gasps> and then a couple oh of weeks later, raped in the home by somebody I trusted. And then we ended up homeless. <gasps> so my oh daughter my and I had essentially nothing. And at at around that time, so a few months before I left him, my eldest daughter had been diagnosed with uh, severe expressive and receptive learning disorder, which she's since been diagnosed with autism. And her sister had also been diagnosed with some learning disability. So I had all of that happening on top of all of this. And then, yes, ended up ended up homeless. Uh, we were living in Sydney at the time. That's where my ex-husband and his family and that were from. And that's where I married him. And all my family were in Canberra, which is three hours inland. From Sydney mm. and I felt if I could get back to Canberra I would be able to rebuild my life because I would have my community around me I would have my support and that sort of thing mm. so about six months into 2013 so I left him in 2012 about six months mm. into 2013 the divorce was finally finalized because it takes 12 months and one day before you're allowed to apply for a divorce in Australia and then mm. it has to go through the court system and then the judge has to say yes you can get a divorce when no, you can't so there's that whole process and then yeah I managed to move to Canberra I was looking for a specific area in Canberra because I wanted a very specific school for my daughter uh, mm. that had extra extra assistance and that sort of thing. And uh, there was nothing in that in that suburb for six or eight weeks or something. And then when something came up, I actually drove from Sydney on the day, drove down, got another mum to pick up my kids from school so that I could drive down, be there by lunchtime, see the house and hand in the application because you have to view the house before they'll let you apply. Oh. And I made it really clear to the agent, I'm like, I need this house. Like I have to have this house for my daughter. Mm. This is the situation. Included a letter, included just everything about us and was like, you know, I want somewhere long-term for my daughters and I. Da, da, da. 
and the agent was really impressed with how I went about it all. And so we, I secured that over numerous other applicants. There was yeah, a lot of people yeah. there that day. So that was really lucky. And then we were able to move. And then, yeah, I was around my family and I started volunteering in Canberra and then I got asked to do more speaking. And as I spoke more and shared more about my experience, that's when everything kind of exploded. I had wow. yeah, charities and government agencies asking me to help them with their marketing and uh, connect them with influencers and that sort of thing. So I founded the company and then yeah, ended up doing a lot of charity work. And I've since, since then, uh, the events that I've been involved in, we've raised $30 million collectively. To, oh wow yeah to help end homelessness and domestic violence and that sort of thing so I'm pretty <gasps> proud, of, proud of that that's incredible yeah, yeah very very wow. happy with that. And, and yeah so that's kind of how it all sort of spun around but wow. it, yeah a strong focus on like uh, goal setting affirmations mm. um, and that sort of thing during that time and really relying pretty heavily on my family as well I have a, an amazing family and once I got back to Canberra they and I told them what was going on um, I yeah. got a lot of help yeah that's amazing. Well, that's wonderful that you had that support there for you. Absolutely. Um, so I want to dig into a couple of things that you've already mentioned. Um, first thing is, uh, so was it this the speaking that sort of kicked everything off, really? Well, I initially, it was a blog post. So I sort of shared oh. a little bit about what was going on. So the night I got mm. robbed, for example, I wrote a post about um, getting robbed and why I was grateful for being robbed. Uh, <gasps> tell me, tell me why you <laughs> felt grateful. That's really quite a... Um, strong position to be able to take in that moment to feel like actually to find that shift of being grateful for something that's quite devastating that's happened well well it is and I've I sort of knew at the time that if you could find reasons to be grateful or Mm -hmm. find the opportunity or the lesson in whatever has happened then you know it'll it'll all be all right and that's what I really focused on during those times so the night I was robbed um yeah everything including my underwear was gone only my personal stuff so not my children's stuff just my personal stuff Mm. And I was obviously devastated and then spoke to my dad, calmed down, was waiting for the police and thought, I'm just going to write down what good could come from this sort of thing. And wow. so I yeah. started listening to things that was like, well, we weren't home when it happened, so we weren't in danger. Yes. I'm in yeah. good. It's just stuff. Uh, it was things like, well, these things were from my marriage, so I didn't actually want underwear from my marriage really. Yeah. And yeah. now I'm going to get insurance money to go shopping without feeling guilty because that's money that I yeah. have because I don't have anything and so there was all of that and then um it actually ended up being my daughters needed a lot of speech therapy and I wouldn't have been able to have afforded that on my own I used the insurance money to pay for the treatment that they needed. oh wow so whilst I didn't so it was actually that. kind of a weird like Passive weirdly blessing. delivered gift yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it was it was a huge huge blessing but it did not feel it the first few weeks afterwards <laughs> but that's that's so beautiful that you were able to kind of come to that sort of place of being able to see it in that way you know because yeah. I think it's very easy to you know quite and quite justified almost to to take something like that and just feel really like that's happened to me and this is terrible but to actually be able to find the good out of it and actually turn it into good you know I think when you have that mindset of how can I see this as something good how can I see this as something positive and then you saw the opportunity to use that money for your daughter's speech therapy right so that's you it. might not have even kind of realised that opportunity was there if you'd been in that no. more negative mindset. Yeah, yeah. I reckon if I'd stayed in a more negative mindset, I probably would have wasted a lot of the money just on yeah, interesting. You know, yeah. stuff, stuff. I know yeah. that um, I'm an emotional spender. So <laughs> knowing oh, that. We all. <laughs> yeah, I know how to say, but I don't emotionally eat, but I spend. But, yeah, knowing that means that, yeah, I can be really conscious of how I'm feeling and really mm. try and stay in that positive mindset when I know because it can quickly spiral out of control if you let it yes and that's not dismissing yeah. depression or anything like that like I've been on it no. in my life and, and had quite severe depression but if you can sort of be a bit self-aware of these things and and do things like ask yourself you know what lesson can I learn from this what are the opportunities mm. come from this why should I be grateful or why can I be grateful this happened mm-hmm. and that, that can really change your mindset and I sort of always aim to list at, three, at least three things to be grateful for anytime mm-hmm. something negative happens or something that I'm, I'm facing and I had to do that a lot and I did it every single night too I would list out three things I was grateful for every day because that period of my life was really not mm. great <laughs> at yeah. the time well I didn't feel great but it has since you know become the foundation of my entire career and everything that I'm doing now so it, it became wow. great but at the time it was just really survival mode I bet. Yeah. And so that gratitude practice was part of that survival mode to kind of get you through. Yeah. Yeah. And also I I imagine as well then that sort of practice of gratitude can then help you feel a bit more empowered about your situation as well, because you're sort of empowering yourself to react to the situation differently. So how can I be grateful today? 
you know, how can I take this and choose to be grateful? Yeah. Well, well that's it. Well, I, I even made that decision on that, on that night and on other times since that I could either choose to be a victim and mm. have this situation control me or I could choose to turn it around, look at what I could be grateful for and take control of the situation myself because that's essentially what it does. When you change that mindset, yeah. you are then in control of whatever's happening. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, there's well, lots of things outside of your control, but you're in control of your mindset and how things turn and out. And your reaction. Yeah, exactly. absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Big believer in that. Amazing. And so you wrote a blog post about why you were grateful that you got robbed and then take me on the journey from there, how that then turned into the next yeah. opportunity. Yeah. So I, I wrote that and then I was um, doing a little bit of speaking, but then I sort of shared more little snippets of exactly what was happening and um, mm. how, why I'd been quiet on my blog, why I hadn't been sharing things on my blog and, and, and mm-hmm. that sort of thing. And because um, and I'd, I'd actually won Best International Personal Finance blog just a couple of months before we ended up homeless. So I oh, wow. won this huge award and then tanked basically. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so I sort of pulled on all of that and connected with all my resources and um, networks and everything like that and said, this is what's going on. You know, if you have any work or anything available, that would be really amazing. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and so then I started doing a little bit more speaking and that sort of thing. But it was really once I moved back to Canberra uh, because I had this online presence and mm-hmm. I started volunteering and that sort of thing that um, and because I already had experience speaking that the mm-hmm. that I was volunteering with and I was just doing haircuts and because um, I'm an ex-hairdresser as well and just doing some mentoring and that sort of thing in a drop-in centre. It wasn't like I was yeah. to do you know, speaking or anything like that. But they they asked, they're like, well, you know, you've shared little bits on your on your blog and that sort of thing and you you've got experience speaking. Would you be comfortable being in a, a campaign for um our Christmas fundraising for one of these okay. charities? And I was like, Yeah, okay, absolutely. And so my daughters and I were, were in it and we were filmed and we, we shared bits and pieces and that. And they actually surpassed their target that year using my my story. And so they were ecstatic, of course. And then um, yeah. Yeah, because I was involved with them and I knew how things were on the back end and I knew their clients and, and that sort of stuff. Mm. I was more than willing to be more involved and it just sort of progressed from there. Once I started, um, once I did that Christmas campaign, it really sort of exploded massively from that point. Amazing. And so did you have your actually your own business at that point? Or so just I, the blog? Yeah, I was mainly just blogging and I had a bit of public mm-hmm. speaking and I was I was just sort of doing anything that I could, anything that came up to make money yeah. I would do. And I would say, yeah. So I didn't have a full strategic plan or anything like that. It was more just mm. I need to make whatever money I need to make to support my daughters, and that's all I really focused on. So the business came after all of that sort of thing. I launched mm. the business in um, 2014, and mm. by that time I bought a couple of other blogs, and, yeah, I was doing more speaking and, and that sort of stuff. And it was, yeah, once I launched the business, that's when a lot of stuff really went gangbusters, really, at it. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. So tell me about launching that business how that came about yeah so I I bought a few blogs and uh was sort of making money off them and was looking at flipping them and uh, mm, was... let's, let's can you just sorry can I interrupt yeah. you there because I think for some of our listeners that might be kind of it's only a concept that I've become aware of quite recently so just to give it a little bit of background on flipping a blog <laughs> oh sorry yeah so I would I would buy a website for a couple of hundred dollars and then tweak a few things on it and change it and then resell it for you know mm-hmm. a few thousand and that sort of thing depending on how much money it was making uh, actually, my uh, biggest blog, the Thrifty Issue, I that's what I intended to do with that one, and I made back the purchase mm-hmm. price within a week. But then I ended up wow. liking the community, and so I've kept that one for I think we're going <laughs> up five years now. Or something. I don't know. I love that. I love that. I love everybody involved in that one, so I kept that one. You're like, I can't let that one go. Yeah, <laughs> so it was meant to be a flip, and then it didn't happen, which is bad business apparently. But you know, it's all good. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't matter if it feels good. Yeah, <laughs> that's, it, that's it. So I was looking at it, and I was talking to one of my friends who was a business lawyer. And I said, this is everything that I'm doing. I don't really know, you know, what I'm doing. And then I've got government departments and charities and that wanting me to do social media workshops and consult for them on marketing and connect them with influencers. And I've got all these influencers and bloggers wanting me to connect them with brands and brands are wanting the same and that sort of thing. I'm like, I just, I, I don't know. So I think you should found a company. What? Okay. <laughs> I'll do a company. And so, yeah, I sat down with him and it has, um, he had a really good team that I was able to connect straight into. So there was him, an accountant and an insurance broker. And, you know, I had this amazing network. Um, We actually did some um, workshops and everything together as well. All of us um, aimed at influencers and that. So that was really useful. And they gave heaps of advice for free and really helped me set it up. Obviously there were some fees and that sort of thing involved, but they really gave gave a lot. And I had, uh, because I'd spoken at a conference in the States a few times and, 
in 2013, I won Best International Personal Finance Blog again. Yeah. On oh, wow. Lotus Awards. Yeah. So I won that again. Oh, and I'd also, I was a runner up for a community hero in 2013 as well. And so I had these connections and these amazing mentors as well that I was able to sort of tap into and go, this is what I'm doing. Can you give me some advice and that sort of thing? Mm. And so, yeah, because I already had all the clients, really, it was quite simple to just go forward and launch, launch the company. Oh, wow. So the universe was like, hello, yeah, <laughs> company's like, basically there, just make it official. <laughs> and that was the thing. And I was like, but I, I haven't gone to university. I dropped out in year 11. I don't have a marketing degree. I don't have all of that. And it's like, you're winning awards in this. I think you're doing okay. So Isn't that interesting as well, how we tell ourselves these stories about <laughs> not being kind of worthy of a certain title or not feeling That's that true. validation for some reason that we need that external validation of like, in your instance, you were mentioning there, like a degree or something. Yeah. and actually. Well, what difference would that make? You obviously know your stuff. You're obviously very successful. You're winning in awards, you know, you're flipping blogs, you're, you know, you're doing very well. So yeah. Yeah. It's interesting interesting how we do that to ourselves. Mm. We self-sabotage massively. And I, and I did, Mm. I did actually later and I can see that I can see the pattern in my life where I've gone up and down. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, that's true of so many of us, isn't it? It's that, Mm. I don't know if you've read the book, Big Leap by Gay Hendricks. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> it's that kind of upper limit oh no okay <laughs> do something to to sabotage yeah massively and it was funny that was actually recommended to me when I was um so in 2015 almost a year after I launched the company I ended up paralyzed and um had um, yeah a bunch of issues and level 10 pain so I was blacking out like childbirths are level eight um oh my god yeah my body was actually oh my god because it couldn't withstand the pain so that was super fun and yeah, I was recommended that book then. And I'm like, whatever, the cover of that just looks so dumb. I am not reading yes. that book. <laughs> and I didn't actually read it until 2017 when I was paralyzed again. And I'm like, oh, maybe there's something in that one. Oh, wow. <laughs> and yeah, after I read it, I was just like, oh my gosh, if I'd read this two years ago, I wouldn't be in the situation I'm in right now. So, so do you think that your, so we'll, we'll get into your health issues in just a second, but do you think <laughs> that your health issues were upper limit? Definitely upper, upper limit and massive stress and not listening to to myself mm. and my body and what I needed mm. at the time and also yes. being in the wrong relationship. So, oh, okay, yeah. So all of that cul- you know, culminating. Mm. So I can I can imagine and correct me if I'm wrong here, but I can imagine that you know coming from the situation that you had found yourself in, you know, homeless, robbed mm. of your possessions, having to sort of scrabble around to kind of pull things back together and restart your life with your daughter somewhere new I can imagine the inclination would be to you know just effort your way through things and make it happen and not stop Um, and do you feel like that was true and that is one of the things that led then to those health issues potentially a hundred percent yeah Absolutely. Yeah. And I can, I can pinpoint it. Like I can, I can see I was taking on way too much and I could feel my body sort of seizing up and I was like, just push through, just push through. Like you'll be fine. You'll be fine. And then it's, it's, it's the stupidest thing. I bent over to pick up a bobby pin and my back seized up and I couldn't move. Wow. And oh. we had just started dating. So we were really new. And so backtrack a little bit, his house had flooded. We joked about being um, boarding. This was before we were even dating. We were working together, and so yeah. he was overseas when it happened. So I just moved him in. He had half the house, and we were just boarding together. And then we decided we would date. He went away for two months, came back, and then within two weeks of him coming back, I was paralysed. So it was all like oh, wow. bang, 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 really quickly. Yeah, and yeah, and it was just picking up a bobby pin, and then I couldn't move. And I called out to him, and I'm like, "Can, can you finish getting my girls ready and get them to school? Um, my back's just really sore. Like, just help me get to bed, and I'm sure I'll be okay the next day." But yeah. I was not. My muscles started to spasm, spasm and crush my spine and I ended up in hospital oh and they God. had to give me injections to stop my muscles spasming and you could see it, like you could actually see the muscles wow. going up and there was excruciating pain and I wouldn't let him help me and I tried to, like, I rolled myself out of bed in absolute agony and then tried to crawl to the bathroom and then blacked out. It was, it was really stopping. Oh, my God. Yeah, but it was, it was all, so was that, but it took on too much. And was that the first time that you experienced that paralysis that you've talked about? Yeah, so I've had I have had back issues previously, like a back back injury from when I was fifteen, and then I had um, like sciatica when I was pregnant with my second mm. daughter. But that was just completely debilitating. It was like you mm. cannot continue to function this way. You are overstressed, and it's interesting that actually a lot of research has shown that women, well, I assume men too, but I've only read the research on women, women who go through really traumatic events like I did, 
often mm. within three years will end up with paralysis, cancer, those sorts of things. Really? Yeah. And in the middle of that, I tested positive to the cancer my mum died from um, <gasps> as well. Yeah. So they were testing, <sighs> testing everything to see what was wrong with my back and they couldn't work it out and they still didn't know. Um, mm. after seven months still couldn't work it out but in the middle of it my doctor was like well we're testing for everything else let's you know you're 30 your mum was 37 when she died let's just track that testing oh. but all right everything else was negative and that one came back positive and it was just like oh. yeah so I was immediately you know in and saw the specialist who funnily enough remembered my mum's case and uh, oh, wow. randomly on this day my dad ended up being in with me um, to see the specialist and so dad was able to answer a bunch of questions because they're asking me everything about my mom and I'm like I don't know I was 15 when she oh. died like I don't know her medical history um yeah and then he's like all right well we'll see you on Friday and dad and I thought it was for a test and no it was for surgery because <laughs> they called me oh wow and they're like all right here's what you need for tomorrow and blah 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 and your surgery and I've just gone like, what sorry I, I just thought it was a test she goes no <laughs> okay <laughs> see you for oh, wow. sorry <laughs> <laughs> I rang my parents after the surgery and was like, yeah, surgery went well. And yeah, that's that they thought it was a test degree. <laughs> oh, my God. So yeah. you were, you know, struggling with the mm. paralysis and the back issues and then yeah. cancer as well. Oh, yeah. my goodness. Yeah, so it's, it's funny because it's they removed some polyps and stuff and they're like, just don't Google it because it will tell you you're dying but you're not. It's a really rare condition but we have it under control. You just have to have surgeries and tests every now and then. I'm like, okay. And so I've not read my paperwork. I haven't. Like, I'm not going near it. I'm not going to give it any energy or focus. No, no. It's fine. They said it's fine, so it's fine. Yeah. Exactly. Wow. So how did you get through that period then of that, those health issues? Oh, that was a nightmare. So I had, I was fortunate I was in Canberra, so I had a lot of support from my family. I had mm. a partner at the time, although that was that was very stressful um, of itself. So he became my carer, essentially. He was mm. he couldn't work. He was looking after me. My siblings would pick up my kids and take them to school and drop them off. And I had other friends that did that as well. So that helped. I had one sister who came and cleaned my house for me. A lot of my family oh. dropped off meals. So we had meals. My partner's mum came down for a while when I was um, having the surgeries and that. And she like cleaned the house and filled up the freezer and cooked and all of this. And she wow. was so cute about it because she was like, oh, you know, would you mind if I'm like, Sue, do whatever you want. <laughs> You're going to do you're something. You're helping. You go for, go it. for it. She's like, okay, I did that. I have to step my balance. I'm like, go for gold. You're good. <laughs> so she was pretty excited. And she was, she was lovely. I absolutely loved her. She was awesome. Um, but, yeah, I had all of this, this support and that sort of thing. But I were running tests and I tried alternative methods like bone therapy mm. and naturopath and Reiki and everything. I just wasn't getting anywhere mm. in, in terms of to actually healing. And then um, and I was on extensive painkillers and nerve blockers, which was – impacting my speech as well oh wow if I went and did a presentation getting me up there required a lot of medication and then I'd be in bed for four days I wouldn't be able to move and I'd be in excruciating pain even with these these painkillers that coming off them is as severe as coming off heroin oh wow how heavy they are yeah and so it can take you a really long time and it was excruciating coming off them Mm. but yeah it sort of got to to December my um, partner had been headhunted for a job in Melbourne and so he had moved in the October so I was really reliant on my family at this point. Mm. Fortunately I'd raised my daughters to be able to do everything around the house so even though they were quite young they were they were very capable. Mm. Uh, yeah it got to the December and he and I were having big disagreements over the move and everything else and and I just decided that I couldn't do this anymore that mm. I simply I cannot be paralyzed and I refuse to be paralyzed. And so I um, went cold turkey on all the medications. Don't do that. Like doctors get filthy about it. You're supposed to wean yourself off it. I didn't. Uh, Just went, gone, done with it, threw them out. So they weren't an option at all. Mm. Threw them out, detoxed amazingly only for three days. So it should have taken weeks to detox wow. from from this and I was just like, nah, not having it. But do you think that's partly because you'd made that decision? Yeah. That, yeah. that this is happening I'm absolutely. Through this. yeah absolutely and so it was I just you know visualized myself healthy um focused on mm. like that mindset work and that sort of thing and um yeah and then a few days before I was meant to move to Melbourne everything was fine and um off I went and all was good until 2017 when I stopped listening to my body again <laughs> oh wow and then tell us what happened then <laughs> yeah so we had um my now ex partner and I were on again off again it was a hectic relationship 
And uh, yeah, so we'd broken up. I was quite stressed out. And this time I was in Melbourne and the doctors in Melbourne, I think, are much better. Mm-hmm. They did a lot of testing and they discovered that the myelin sheath of your nerves, mine was actually damaged. And mm-hmm. so she said to me, she goes, you're actually permanently paralysed. Um, so like all issues with paralysis and walking and, and this sort of stuff mm-hmm. and, the, and, the, and the pain where I'm blacking out and all of that. She goes, um, so you're, you should just go on disability. You're eligible for disability now. There's wow. In Australia it's called the NDIS, it's the National Disability Insurance Scheme where they give you extra assistance and all this sort of stuff as well. Mm. Um, yeah, she goes, so that's, that, that's your life now. In, wow. I left and I just, I bawled my eyes out and I knew I was heavily stressed. I knew I was taking on too much again. I just moved house, you know, mm. broken up in this relationship, all this sort of stuff. And um, I cried. My dad got a phone call. <laughs> he gets a few of them and my mum does. Mom. <laughs> and, um, and then the next day I got up and I just gone, no, no, that's, no, I'm not going to live on painkillers and nerve blockers for the rest of my life. Like this cannot be my life. Mm. And so I researched more about gut health and um, I got the book You Can Heal Your Life by Louise Hay. And mm-hmm. also, so back in 2015, I had read some stuff about CBD oil. Um, yeah. It was not legal in Australia at the time. So being raised Mormon, I'm not Mormon now, but being raised Mormon, I was like, oh, I really don't want to break the law, but I'd really like to be able to walk again. And that says it might be able to help me. And yeah. so when I was having the issues in 2017, it was, I was actually able to, to get some legally and, and to try it. and. Yeah, within a couple of weeks, everything was fine. I was off the medication that the doctors had said. I, you know, touch wood, haven't really had any issues. I've had, I've had times where I feel it seize up. I have times mm. where if I am startled um, or if I sort of slip or jar or any of that sort of stuff, I will feel all the nerves through my whole body will be trying to shoot out of my skin is what it feels like. It's really painful. Uh, but I'm like, I can walk. And so, yeah, yeah it was a lot of mindset. And said that you weren't going to be able to, right? Exactly, exactly. Wow. So, yeah, a lot of mindset work, a lot of affirm- affirmations. Um, yeah, you can heal your life and the, the CBD oil. And, um, yeah, it's, it's funny. I, I keep looking to my right because there's a vial of the CBD oil on my, on my table next week. <laughs> and, and you're uh, like, thank you, CBD oil. <laughs> and I was just like, wow. Because, yeah, somebody who'd been through severe pain who recommended it to me because it really re- it helped them a lot. And, yeah, now mm. I'm like to everybody, I'm like, get it. So, wow. Yeah. Oh, that's just so, your story is so incredible because I think it just shows how much we don't have to accept <laughs> like <laughs> sometimes the cards that we seem to be getting dealt, right? Yeah. You know, you just basically were like, no, I am just not available for this reality of not being able to walk and, you know, yeah. being on a ton of painkillers and, and nerve blockers and stuff. And and equally, you know, prior to that when you found yourself homeless you know like I'm just not available for this to just be it for me and my girls like we're going to I'm going to turn this around I'm going to pick myself up you know absolutely and actually when I was homeless um the area we were living in was a very low socioeconomic area that's where my now ex-husband had grown up and all the women there there's a lot of women that were single moms and low incomes Mm. and that sort of thing they really really resented me trying to improve myself and Mm, I actually lost all my friends uh, except yeah. for one and I'm still friends with, the, with this this woman today um, we'll be catching up next month but I lost all my friends because they were like you know stop trying just sit on welfare like you know yeah the government gives you all this money and they're very generous in Australia um for single moms in comparison to other lo- locations and I was just like no 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 that's not the life that I want and also that's not going to cover yeah. the I need for speech therapy for my daughters just the speech therapy alone is more mm. than that like speech therapy and rent that's all my money gone like no yeah no it's it's interesting, isn't it? Because I would think I think I've heard this a lot from people in all different sort of walks of life, of, and sort of situational backgrounds and things. That when we do embark on that journey of you know self improvement and personal growth, unfortunately, sometimes the people around us just really aren't supportive, and it's it's because they're afraid. Yeah. It's because they're afraid of how you're changing. They're afraid that you're moving on and leaving them behind. They're afraid of what that means for them. You know. Yeah. And it makes them look at their own lives and perhaps they don't want to think about that they could actually be in in more control than they are or whatever the situation is, you know. But yeah, I hear, I've heard that a lot, you know, from clients and just friends and, you know, I've experienced it a little bit, not to the Mm. same extent, but a little bit in my life, you know, that sometimes when we do grow, we do leave people behind. And that's just kind of one of those unfortunate things. But it's, uh, you know, we can't sort of drag people along with us either you know and we've got to kind of be compassionate and 
you know, empathetic about everybody's on their own path, their own journey. That's it. And when you're faced with that sort of stuff, just realise that it's a reflection of of them. Like we call it um, tall poppy syndrome here in Australia. Oh, I like that. Yeah. So if you like Google tall poppy syndrome or tall poppy, um, and it's basically that, you know, they'll view you as trying to be a tall poppy and everybody's going to try and cut you down. Yeah. If you just realise that whatever they're saying is a projection of them and what their issues are. But if you also pay attention to what it is that hurts inside you or what really go, makes you go, oh, I don't like that because it's yeah. something that you do need to work on, like a yes. blockage or something that you need to work on to be able to move. Yeah, and so that's triggering you, yeah. Exactly, exactly. So mm. I, I find as hurtful as those things can be, they can be massively beneficial to your growth, yeah, yeah. yeah. If, you, if you choose yeah. to do it that way. And especially I think that's another thing, um, you know, coming back to when we were talking about external validation in terms of you mm-hmm. talking earlier in the show about, feeling like a, a need for qualifications, even though you knew exactly what you were doing. Um, but it's the same, you know, it's that approval from the external approval from yeah. people around us. And and actually, those situations can be quite good because they can make us think about, well, am I looking for approval and external validation, you know, outside of myself when really I need to be going inside of myself for that? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I love that. So where are you at now? How are things for you now? amazing oh um <laughs> this is gonna sound so bad um no it'll sound really good I, I assume no life it, right now is so much better than anything I could have imagined we're actually still in court over custody we just found out that my daughters aren't gonna be able to travel overseas yet until court's finalized we've been waiting over a year for a court date so it's just it's crazy hectic mm. they've just missed out on coming to the solomon islands with me china with their school japan all of that sort of stuff so that would sound really 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 awful but at the same time i'm like i can do trips on my own and i'm getting to yeah, which as a mum is quite a treat too right <laughs> exactly, exactly and i don't have to feel guilty because they're not allowed to leave the- they can't go <laughs> It's not my fault. I've done everything I can do. Uh, so I feel like I'm, I'm quite free in the sense that um, I've got my different websites. I'm doing my speaking. I'm, mm. Yeah, I sort of work when I want to and who I want to work with and I have a lot of choice now. And it's been interesting because I took last year off pretty much. I broke up Well, my boyfriend at the time dumped me. So we'd been together for, on again, off again for a couple of years and he's the one I moved to Melbourne with. And, mm. yeah, dumped me at the start of last year. And I decided, no, I just need to focus on myself and take time out. And mm. to be in a position to be able to do that because I had sort of like passive-ish income coming in. And, and then, yeah, I sort of decided, I, I, funnily enough, at the end of last year, I was like, I really, really need a trip. I just, I really want one. So the Solomon Islands came up as I just felt that I should, should reach out to them. So I reached out to their tourism board and they were like, yeah, yeah, we'd love to work with you next year yeah we'll we'll keep in touch sort of thing I'm like okay cool and then a couple of weeks later they're like yeah we've got a trip happening in a few weeks do you want to come oh wow yes I do <laughs> like yes and sign me up <laughs> absolutely and I had my ex-husband was causing issues we ended up back in court with a protection order against him which is in place now and the day after I got back from the the Solomon's trip I had to go to court over this and even right up until the morning of going on this trip I was like I can't do it I can't do it I, can't do it. Like, oh, I should be here for my kids I you know I shouldn't doing this I'm a mum like this is not what a mum should be doing and because I wasn't gonna be able to contact them there's no in the Solomons uh where I was going no reception mm. I was gonna be oh, wow. a diving boat and doing amazing fun stuff but not gonna be able to contact my children yes but um it all worked out and I went on um it's Solomon Islands discovery cruises and I got to learn how to dive and I did snorkeling and all this sort of stuff but on this trip I got so much clarity like having I bet because you had that complete mental space yeah, yeah. and it's completely mm. changed this year and I'm mm. probably going back next week for a week again in, in the oh sort of, wow yeah I, I absolutely love it and but it, but it was it, it provided that sense of what direction I need to go go next and mm. what I need to do and now this year when things have been coming up with issues with my ex-husband and whatever else they just they haven't bothered me and my daughters mm. and I are in such a good place and We've now got this amazing community around us. I've um, made really good friends with our neighbours across the road who are like Aww. grandparents for my kids and have taken us family and we've met all their kids and their grandkids and their brothers and sisters who are, you know, they're all in their 80s and stuff like this. And so we have all these and they're Macedonian and Greek and that. And so it's, you know, that real European Aww, yeah. 
love fest family type thing and yeah my daughters are just thriving as a result and oh, that's so nice to hear yeah so and do you think that thing. it's partly because you're thriving now right oh absolutely absolutely and I think it's, it's very much the mindset like this mm. um, so my, my trip for next week to the Solomons was last night I was just thought I just I really need a break I, I need I need a trip somewhere I do and then I woke up this morning it's like you want to come to Solomons next week yes I do. So you just <laughs> manifested that overnight. I love exactly, that. <laughs> exactly. And I, I feel like that now, like this year, that's that's how it's been. Ever since I had that trip last year, it's um, I felt very much in the flow that just it's all happening. Yeah. So, yeah. so you're listening to your body now and taking that's it at a pace that works for you. Yeah. Absolutely. And I've actually, um, this year, I, because that was the other thing, I saw some photos of myself on that trip. They're not great. I am. Um, yeah I'm the heaviest I've been since I've had my children and so I got back joined a gym I have the most amazing personal trainer he's like my little brother and big brother combined he's just <laughs> and I love him and so this and I've tried dance classes and I'm I feel stronger than I've ever felt I think in, in my life and yeah, yeah that's the thing and so being and that's the other thing I really want right I really have to focus on my health and focus, yeah. like mental and physical and yeah yeah, and it's been amazing. I don't, I don't know what my weights and measurements are. My my trainer has them all and tracks them all, and I don't look. Yeah, because I know yeah. I look. It's not about that. It's about how you feel, isn't it? Yeah. Exactly, exactly. So yeah, I get on the scales with my eyes closed. And <laughs> I don't, even, I don't have scales. I don't even know the last time I weighed myself. I'm just like, I'm just into kind of how do I feel? How do I feel yeah. in myself? Do I have energy? Do I feel strong? Absolutely. You know, yeah. do I feel like, yeah. or do I feel like lethargic and a bit blah? You kind of know, don't you? Well, when you do. You, you do. You look after yourself. Yeah. Yeah. He weighs me at the gym. I don't have scales at home. Yeah. 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 <laughs> he weighs me. Track. But it is. It's like you know your body and you know when you're out of sorts. And I think yeah. when we're really in tune to, like, we can even pinpoint it to what sort of foods we need to be eating or what we need to cut back on and, and, and things mm. like that. I know when I eat vegetarian and I'm celiac, so I don't eat, eat gluten, but when I'm vegetarian and when I eat dairy-free and that's the thing I feel so much better and when I mm. don't drink Pepsi I feel a lot better yeah. too <laughs> Pepsi, Pepsi Max Pepsi Max I drink but um when I don't drink that I'm so so much better but when I'm drinking mm. that I wake up in the morning and that's the first thing I'm thinking about and I don't drink any other caffeine otherwise yes it's like that has to go you know yeah it's so interesting isn't it how they like what we put into us has such an effect on how we're feeling and how we're showing up and everything yeah method so what what do you think, what was the tipping point for you in terms of, um, you know, you had the the two kind of bouts of serious health issues and you got yourself out the other side. At which point did you feel like, I'm not going back there, I'm going to make some changes to to get to the place where you're at now where you're properly listening to your body, you're in tune with your body and you're looking after yourself and prioritizing that? I think I think I did it little bits, but not fully mm-hmm. committed until... Yeah, I had that full break in the Solomon. So only recently, that was in December. And mm. yeah, it took me it took me until about the third day to sort of settle into the trip and be okay with not being able to contact my daughters because I mean that's, mm. that's, that's a huge deal. Yeah. The and, mum guilt. Yeah. Absolutely. And also because this trip, I my yeah, there was just so many things that triggered me at the start because of my my previous relationship and that sort of thing. And then once I got into it, I was just like, oh my gosh. And I was able to relax completely and mm think about myself and what I wanted and that sort of thing and then maintain that feeling once I got back Mm -hmm. as well and so and and it was interesting because I had a really stark contrast I had that trip and then I came back and straight into you know living in the city right in the middle of the city in Melbourne Mm. it's crazy and busy and constant and then we drove up to Canberra for Christmas to be with my family and just how hectic that was and then we got back and I've just gone I'm not doing this anymore I want what I had Mm. in Solomon's that's what I want. This is what I need for my health. And I know it because I've tracked, I've recorded things. I've listened to my body. I know what I need. And yeah. That's it. I'm done. I'm done with everything. This is, this is what's happening. So 26th of December was, that was my, yeah. Yep. You were like, okay, this is it now. This is it. I'm doing it. I'm not waiting for the 1st of January. But no. Yep. Christmas is done. I've had all my realizations. I knew it on the trip. I've got it all written down. I'm just going to go for it. Mm, yeah and it's it's so interesting isn't it when we when we do prioritize our own well-being it, it, it's such a struggle for us often as as mothers and people who are kind of identify as being sort of heart-centered and we're givers and we're nurturers and we're all about you know and like you know a lot of what you do is about helping charities and then public speaking helping other people it can feel so selfish or self-indulgent to be mm. prioritizing our own well-being to carving out that space to even to do nothing you know like in the solomons completely disconnect 
like you were saying, and have that space or even on a smaller scale, just at home to, I don't know, go and take a nap or have a bath or go for a walk on your own, whatever it is. It can feel really self-centered. But when we do that, when we look after ourselves and we fill ourselves up, and it's such a phrase that gets banded around, but when you do that and then you see how you get to show up completely differently then, your family, yeah. your work, just for yourself, it, then it makes sense. It seems kind of, kind of like you're only doing it for yourself, but really you're doing it for yourself and everyone else in that moment, aren't you? Oh, definitely. I can see the massive difference in our lives since I've really focused on myself and my needs and making mm. sure that I got that time out, that I'm going to the gym regularly, that if I want a nap, I have a nap. If I, you know, yeah, just basically anything that I want, I will do it almost. And obviously most of what my focus is is healthy and and, and good. But mm. by doing that, I've also been teaching my daughters because I noticed that and through different conversations with them that I've had is they really take on what we're doing. And as mums, we mm-hmm. tend to sacrifice a lot and just do everything for them and and that sort yes. of thing. And my daughters were both going, yeah, I don't really want kids because I don't really want to sacrifice my entire life like you wow. a lot. And and it's funny because I also make my kids do a lot of chores and help out around the house and they know that mm-hmm. I work and all this sort of stuff, but they were both like, you really need to do stuff for you, mum. That's mm, when you've got yeah. You know, and a 10 and 11 year old going, yeah, you do you, mum. Don't worry about everything else. It's like, yeah, I really need to. But yeah. since I have, they've they've stepped up more to help around the house. They're doing better at school. They, you know, are healthier as well. They're, they're um, yeah, and they're thriving. It's, model- it's modelling that positive um, exactly. behaviour to them, isn't it? It's saying, you know, I look after myself. I take care of myself. I yep. nourish my mind and my body, you know. Um, and I'm so and I'm, I- I'm important, you know. Yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's it. That's it, mate. Um, because people will treat you how you view yourself. Absolutely. You yeah. take care of yourself. People aren't, why should people treat you with any sort of respect or care or anything like that? And, um, but yeah, the, even like the level of patience I have with my daughters has drastically mm. increased, which also means that their meltdowns have decreased. And particularly because my, my eldest has autism, but they both have PTSD and, and that sort of thing from things that we've been through. And it's, it's interesting seeing how much better they function and how much the anxiety has reduced and that sort of thing because mm. I'm much calmer and I'm taking care of myself and they've sort of gone, all right, well, they're meditating and they're doing yoga and, you know, oh, I love that. well, yeah, we've got all these routines together and, yeah, so it's it's had a very positive effect. And even even with work, I, um, I'm working less hours because I'm really focused on going to the gym and my health and, mm-hmm. and um, you know, meditation and taking that time out and that sort of thing, but I'm making more money. Then yeah. I was working crazy, crazy hours and bigger contracts are coming through and bigger opportunities yeah. and like all this trouble that I've wanted to do is just falling into my lap and it's all yeah. yeah. Happy, healthy women make more money. I think absolutely I don't have like, I don't have science to back it up other than my own my own kind of own anecdotal evidence that I see, but it's it's yeah. so true. It is yeah. It, it is. It is. And I see yeah. it everywhere and all the women that I talk to and that sort of thing, it's the the happy, healthy ones who are taking care of themselves really really nail it yeah mm. yeah it's something I'm actually sort of almost playing with in my own life and business is that kind of how far can I kind of lean back <laughs> and allow my business to kind yeah. of happen really well rather than feel like I have to be physically efforting my way through everything and it's really interesting the more we focus on doing things that make us feel good first and then work then we might have less time, but we achieve so much more. We kind of leverage that time more effectively. Yeah, and I, I find too when I've done the other stuff that I want to do first, like if I go to the gym first thing in the morning or I've committed mm-hmm. with my trainer to be seeing him at the gym that night, then it's just you know out of my mind. But I found when I've allocated all those times for that stuff for me, then when I sit down and go, okay, I've got an hour to write, I can smash out three articles, whereas before it might have taken yeah. that one hour to do one article sort of thing, whereas now it's just like yes. I achieve so much more in such a short period of time. And yeah. the level of output was already extremely high, according to everybody that I worked with or did stuff with. And so to yeah. be able to do an even higher level of output with what feels like a whole lot less effort is yeah. fantastic. <laughs> I love that you share that because that's something that, you know, I've seen as well, but I still know that because I've been on the other side. I've heard people talking about this previously, like probably about a year ago, I remember listening to a podcast and somebody talking about, you know, spending a morning doing lots of different activities to feel in a really good place first. And I was like, yeah, sure, but I've got a whole day's worth of stuff I need to achieve, you know. And, yeah. and it can feel really counterintuitive to, to do it. But when you do it, so I would just encourage any listeners, 
that you know just try it for a week just give yourself a week of of prioritizing your well-being and Mm. getting doing what you need to do to feel in a place feel really good first before you take any action in your business and see and i bet become addicted to the results because you're like hang on a minute wait this works this is amazing (laughs) even like um the miracle morning if you look up the miracle morning that's that's one that gives a really good outline of how to do all of that and there's i mean it's a book specifically but there's articles about it um if you don't have time to read yeah but you should make books but and i've read that as well and i think you know what he's basically saying that the only thing um that i i've discussed this with a few of my clients so just a really quick recap listen (laughs) the miracle morning it's about Finding extra time in your morning to do things like um, pursue personal growth and to, you know, have things like meditate if you want to. So anything sort of spiritual, personal growth or exercise, it's about finding that time to do those things that make a difference in your life. One of the things in there is just getting up, say, an hour early. And I read that book and I was like, I am so down with this. I am completely on board with this message. I'm going to start getting up an hour early. I found the idea of having an extra hour to myself to kind of meditate and maybe read an inspiring book or whatever I need to do to like just feel so luxurious I'm totally going to do this first morning I did it I felt great second morning I did it I felt great the third morning my daughter woke up 15 minutes earlier than she would normally wake up that's cool she's and she's sorry to all the listeners who don't have good sleep kids she's a really good sleeping <laughs> child so normally I can rely on her to like wake up at mm. seven or after the third, the fourth morning, she woke up half an hour earlier than she normally would. The fifth morning, it was like, it was it gets inching earlier and earlier. And I was doing everything in my power to be totally silent. And, you know, for the first, you know, 20 minutes, I'd be sitting on a cushion meditating. So I'm not making a peep of noise. She would just sense that I'm awake. And then I ended up like feeling like, ah, oh, you're mm-hmm. awake. And then I felt mum guilt instantly for not being like, morning, my love, you know. Yes. <laughs> so anyway. All of this to say that I ended up ditching the getting up an hour earlier because I found that it was just ending up feeling like not fun. We were just both up together an hour earlier for no particular reason. But now I just focus on doing those same activities, but before my work day. Yeah. So once she's at school, then I actually do those same activities. So yeah. it's just to, if anybody does read it and think, well, actually, I don't know how I can apply this. Maybe my child's getting up at 5 a.m. I'm not getting up at 4, you know. Yeah. There's and still the is- ways to get it into your day. It yeah. doesn't have to be a full hour either. Like that's one of the exactly. things that points yeah. out. Like even if each thing yeah. is only a couple of minutes here and there, it's better than nothing. Yeah, like, absolutely. Yeah. I think I think yeah. tend to go, yeah, I'm going to do, you know, an hour at the gym and I'm going to do this and then I'm going to do an hour of yoga before bedtime and mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. And then it's just like, yeah, that's six hours that you think you're going to lock out of your day. Good luck. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I'm a single mother. And, that's not happening. Yeah. And also good luck just finding the nerve to make that time because that's yeah. actually quite a mindset commitment in itself, isn't it? It is. Yeah, absolutely. But that's the thing. You can you can do very small things. I often talk about my mindset routine in, in that I do in the morning. It's not an hour of meditating followed by an hour of journaling followed by an hour of yoga, as nice as that might be. You know, I have a go-to kind of my minimal mm. morning routine that I can, you know, do in 10 minutes and feel good as a result. Me too. Um, but if I have more, you know, if I want to make more time, then I do. Yeah. yeah. And, and I, I also adjusted our schedule a little bit in that uh, my daughters will sleep in. Uh, usually mm-hmm. they're really good at that, but they're, they're well and truly heading towards being teenagers, really. So yeah. that, that that helps. But I shifted things a little bit in that I let them go to bed a little bit later and mm-hmm. wake them up a little bit later. So instead of them having alarms at the moment, I wake them. Mm-hmm. And I also prepped them and I've said, from now on, you guys have 30 minutes to get ready for morning, so work that out. And uh, <laughs> she's gone, you know the routine and you should be able to do it in 30 minutes. And they're gone, okay, and both of them do. And it's wow. Just, so, yeah, I'm getting them up and I'm like, I'll get them up and I'm like, good morning, you've got 30 minutes to get ready, go. And, yep, off they go. And they pack the, like, I don't pack their lunches. I haven't packed their lunches for years. And everybody yeah. should be packing their kids' lunches at this age. But, yeah, they, they get up, they get ready. We're getting ready at the same time. I don't have to nag them. They know exactly mm. know what the routine is. A morning and, without nagging, that's like a lot of parents' dreams, I'm sure, that are listening. Oh, so good. I mean, I do think it helps that my daughter has autism because she's very high-functioning and so it's like, this is your routine. Okay. That's, that's her jam. So um, whereas her sister is the opposite. So she tends to nag her sister to get ready because I'm like, if we're late, you're both late, and, you know, that'll go on your school report. <laughs> the older one doesn't want that but you know i give them like a five minute warning warning and it's i'm leaving in five minutes if you're not ready you're getting your shoes on in the car your hair won't be brushed this is none of this is my problem you yeah. have to deal with this and so yeah. i think that's that's something too look 
realize that your kids are capable of a whole lot more mm. than you give them credit for mm. and start making them do stuff and start making them be responsible for their for their actions. So if they forgot their lunch at school, I'm sorry, but my kids will starve. They only do it once. Yeah. Get it again. Mind you, our school does provide a sandwich, but my daughter hates ham and she hates the other one hates jam and that was the only two things on offer. And so they just both went, no thanks. And I'm going to do that. Yeah. And because there's a no sharing the food policy at school, the, the um, so they had the option. They they just went hungry all day, and then they came home and I'm like, won't forget him again, will you? <laughs> I, I think it's you know letting kids you know see the consequences of their actions and learning. oh, absolutely, that's sort of yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like nagging them to do homework and stuff, or you know, you're not really setting them up for then like you know university and things when they have to be responsible for getting their I own work done. Yeah. Have never made my kids do their homework. Mm. If you don't do your homework, you fail, and yeah. that's your choice. So either do it or don't. So my eldest spot on does everything and extra credit. And yeah, thanks, Cheryl. Yeah. Big Bang Theory, that's her. Whereas the youngest <laughs> is like, how little can I get away with to steal powers? <laughs> that's, that's your choice. And I've, you know, modelled the behaviour with them and showed them how to do mm. it. But I was like, I'm not going to sit here and battle with you to get you to do your homework if you choose not to do it. It's not fun for anybody, yeah. No, no, there's consequences. And, um, yeah, I think they're old enough to realise them. So. Oh, I love that. <laughs> So I just want to talk um, one last topic before we wrap up, which is I know that your your mission, one of your missions, yep. is to empower women through financial independence, and that's a mission that we share. So tell me about what that mission means to you. Yes. So I found when I was leaving, it was really difficult. Leaving my marriage, sorry, it was really difficult financially. And mm. the more I learned about particularly domestic abuse and that sort of thing, that a lot of women were stuck in these relationships because of financial issues and financial abuse was a real thing. And then when I looked at it, into it even further, in Australia in particular, older women homelessness is one of our biggest issues. It's the largest growing oh, wow. demographic because, you know, divorces and then retirement funds mm-hmm. aren't split properly and, you know, or they mm-hmm. don't have as much in retirement or, you know, we as women tend to take time out of the workforce so our retirement's mm-hmm. not growing, all these sorts of things. And, you know, the divorce rates are high, husbands can or partners or girlfriends, whatever, they can they can pass away or they can get sick or, you know, all sorts of things mm. happen. And I noticed that so many women just didn't know much about their finances or think much about mm. it. Or when they took time off from work, they didn't think about going back or didn't think when they were looking at going back to work, they didn't look at the benefits of um, holiday leave and sick leave and retirement payments and and all mm. the extras. They just looked at, oh, this is how much I'm going to have to pay for childcare sort of thing. Yeah. And so yeah. for me it became really important to start sharing these topics in a really simple way. So sharing ways to make and save money and speaking about these sort of topics which come across as really boring. Well, I think they come across as really boring because they're generally presented by, and this is going to sound awful, but old white guys. In Yes, yeah. I don't want to hear from an old white guy. No. That's, <laughs> We're sick of hearing old white guys. Exactly. <laughs> Sorry, old white guys, but, you know, let's, let's give some other people a chance, yeah. <laughs> that's it. That's it. It, feels like it's, that's, it felt so much of it felt irrelevant and it felt like they were speaking a different language most of the time or deliberately mm. using words that are just so in the financial niche or whatever. And so, mm. yeah, empowering women through financial independence for me is a very long-winded way of saying it. Is, is about sharing that information in a really simple way and really encouraging women to take control and to have power mm. in their lives, however they view that. So it's their choice what their life looks like and yes. ways to make that the financial side of that happen sort of thing. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And so how does that then influence the ways in which you, you work and the work you put out into the world? It influences everything. So it's the reason why I've got the thrifty issue still because I share a lot on there about things I've done as side hustles and ways to Mm -hmm. save money, ways to get money. I've even written about, you know, how to get the money to leave an abusive relationship, those sorts of things. A lot of the content I write for other magazines and other websites and all that has been based Mm -hmm. around um, domestic violence and homelessness, but practical tips to get out of it or if you see somebody in that situation, how to help them. And then Mm. same with a lot of my consulting and speaking and the charity work, a lot of it is all about a bit of my personal experience, obviously, because that's mm-hmm. um, important. But the focus is always on the steps that you can take to improve your situation or how to turn those mm. into opportunities or, you know, how to fund those sort of things. And it's really about empowering and motivation and inspiration, not just here's my sort of story. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Events so that- taking it and using it to 
motivate somebody and inspire them to do something with their own situation. Yeah, exactly, exactly. If I had any brands or anything, uh, any charities, or whatever, that just wanted me to do sob stories and get out there and, and share my experience, but not actually provide anything of value, I turned them down. Yeah, just, I I won't do it because I don't think that's a value to anybody. Um, yeah, they might raise a bit of money, but that's not actually provide any value to anybody in the audience or anybody that mm. see that video or whatever. So I'm just no, no, yeah, it's value. Yeah. yeah, I love that. And so we've talked a lot on today's show about overcoming obstacles. You've overcome so many. Yeah. So do you have any tips for anybody who is at a situation in their life where they feel like there's an obstacle in front of them that feels insurmountable? Do you have any tips or advice of what they could be doing to overcome yes. that obstacle? So the first one is to have an attitude of gratitude. Mm-hmm. So yes. list out three things you can be grateful for, for whatever's happening. You know, look for the lesson or look for the opportunity like, what is it that you can benefit from this? Uh, the next one is to really sort of focus and visualize on where your life is headed or where you want it to be. And when I did this, I actually have like 10 steps for success with goals that I sort of go through. So like working out what your values are, creating your mm-hmm. board. I have written my goals in permanent marker on my mirrors. I have affirmations everywhere. Oh, yeah. uh, when I was really struggling, I just before leaving my ex-husband came across a quote that says, I'm not what happened to me, I'm what I choose to become by Carl Jung. Oh, and love. yeah, I would repeat that over and over. I had times where I was sobbing on the bathroom floor and I just said that over and over in my head because I needed that to be true. I needed it to mm-hmm. be true. Whatever was happening in my life right now did not dictate my future. And it did doesn't define you. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So finding affirmations and mantras that you can use, especially in those times where we tend to go into that spiral where we're dwelling on the negative and then it all just mm-hmm. needs to go out of control and everything's insurmountable and it's all horrendous and so if you can have that mantra or that affirmation that you can quickly lock into and just say it on repeat and mm-hmm. say it in the mirrors with with conviction like say it out loud as well so that it's like yes that means something and then also I also write out a list of a hundred things that I liked about myself to use for oh, confidence. I love that we started mm-hmm. so hard it took me weeks uh, and oh. I started with, I love my eyebrows and my eyelashes because my eyebrows are curved like this. I don't wax them. And because <laughs> my eyelashes are long and they curl up. But that's what I started with. It was that hard for me to write down things that I liked about myself. But, you know, wow. compliments, when people give you compliments, just say thank you. Mm-hmm. Don't brush them off. Yes. Just say thank yes. you. Accept them. Go write them down. I started writing them down in my journal. Any compliments. Mm-hmm. I even like files on my phone where I'd quickly write down those compliments so that you start accepting and understanding all that good because the universe is trying to provide it for you so say thank you and accept it and don't yeah every time you deflect it's like yeah thank you're batting away that positive energy in that moment that you could have just accepted and absorbed yeah exactly the the spirit that it was intended you know absolutely absolutely Mm -hmm. and so I think all those sorts of things and then lastly I also think it's really important to have a community and to have people that you could turn to and ring up and rant and rave if you need to get whatever it is off your chest and know that it's going to stay there and it's not going to be, you know, festering gossip fest or anything like that. I really couldn't think of the right mm. words there. But, you know, I can I can ring up my dad or I can ring up my stepmom or I can ring any of my sisters or my brothers or whatever and just go, <gasps> like, and then they'll help me flip it around and I've yes. got it out and it's done. And, and you can vent, but it's not that kind of, just complaining and wallowing kind exactly. of. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, and exactly. Exactly. You get it out and then move through it. Exactly. Yeah. And it's yeah. all very solutions-based and, um, you know, like they'll listen to me but also go, well, how can we fix this type thing? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, all very practical. So I think it's important to have those people that you can trust and really just yeah. release with and so you can move on. Because if you bottle it yeah. up, it's just going gonna, gonna to eat you up inside. So. Yeah. And it's going to manifest in all kinds of physical ways as well if you, oh, you bottle it up you're yeah. like i paralyzed so yeah because <laughs> yeah. all of that played into it as well so yes yeah wow yeah well yeah absolutely and there's so much isn't there research and i don't know if you're familiar with um joe Dispenza and his work um mm-hmm. he talks so much about how there's that mind body connection and you know the mind is negative then that's manifesting in the body negative. Oh, okay. but then equally we have the power to change that around to be positive and to absolutely. fix it using the mind to you know repair the body yeah absolutely so i think that you have a freebie that our listeners might be interested in in terms of overcoming obstacles do you want to tell us about that yeah so i do have a free ebook that anybody can get on my website that um shares the top 10 things that i did to turn obstacles into opportunities so anybody can just go to the oh, website and- 
download that. So if you just go kyliatravis.com.au forward slash resources, yeah, that's available there. And there's a bunch of other stuff always going up as well. So Perfect. Yeah. Well, I'll link that up in the show notes. And my final, final question, which I like to ask my guests mm-hmm. is how woo-woo are you? <laughs> I think I'm super woo-woo as far as my family is concerned. Um, <laughs> no, I was raised Mormon, but it never, well, sorry, Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Uh, it never fully sat right with me. And so mm. when I was sort of in my teenage years, I did, I looked more into the sort of this spirituality and that sort of thing and I do I have I have crystals I do affirmations I um, mm. meditate I love the full moon I you know I love the new age embrace it all exactly I think do whatever works for you I don't yeah everything I don't do everything correctly how you should do it or whatever it says online I don't do I don't do spells as such but I would definitely say in my family yeah. that I'm woo-woo yeah yeah <laughs> I love that I love that I've definitely got more woo-woo as I've got older as well I've just kind of embraced it more and I think you know part of it is you know you don't have to really overthink it if it feels good and it feels like it's working for you use it and if it doesn't don't (laughs) it can be that simple yeah yeah for me anything with the kind of woo-woo side of things is just about that feeling good is it is there something here that I can use that's going to help me feel good or help me to understand what's going on with me yeah that's kind of in a nutshell isn't it yeah I find it interesting when I look back over the last few years or whatever when I was really at the top of my game and doing really really well I was fully into yeah listening to myself and very Mm. my family all thought I was a full-on hippie yeah and then when I got into a relationship I sort of pushed that side of me down because he was atheist Mm. and then since he and I've broken up and I've you know embraced all of that side again it's like I can see the the ebbs from when I embrace what feels right for me yeah yeah how well that works yeah you do you and don't worry about anybody else exactly yeah yeah such a believer in that yeah my my husband is not we were at all he's very much like into science and well, i mean i like science but i actually do think there's some growth but anyway that's another topic for day. but he's into very kind of rational practical black and white kind of things but equally he doesn't try to we have this kind of just general agreement which is quite nice that we don't try to change the other in terms of yeah. religious or spiritual beliefs that we just kind of accept which is quite nice you know because otherwise you can feel like you're trying to like hide or quieten or you know mask part of you and then you end up separating from that in inner being within you when you do that if that's your way of staying in touch you know absolutely absolutely Mm. and that that itself can actually manifest itself in different ways i ended up with all these crazy um, allergies skin rash these breathing issues they thought i had blood clots like all these massive medical issues and actually after um after we broke up because he's, he's lovely and we're friends, but it just wasn't the right mm-hmm. relationship for either of us. Uh, I, I was recommended the book Women Who Love Too Much, and then I learned more in that. And then when I, I researched mm-hmm. more on this, it's it's really common with women to have these sorts of issues and because part of it is because they're really suppressing what they really feel and who they really are, yeah. and it manifests yeah. itself physically. But, yeah. yeah, so interesting, isn't it? Not feeling able to fully show up as, as mm-hmm. ourselves unapologetically yeah. and just be like, this is me. That's yeah. it. The mind-body connection is amazing. Even it will, yeah. even unconsciously, like subconsciously, sorry, like we don't even have to be fully aware of it. But yeah, well, it's even amazing. You know, we're just sitting here and we're digesting our, our food from earlier <laughs> and we're breathing and we're yeah. creating all kinds of antibodies and we're doing all sorts of things without thinking about it. You know, it's incredible, isn't it? Oh, it's incredible yeah. what our bodies can do without us, you know, doing anything. Yeah, and that's why I feel quite sort of interested in that sort of field of research that's kind of emerging and understanding where you know some practices that used to seem more we were out there they're now actually kind of coming up with the science behind it and, and it, is, it comes back to so often that mind-body connection doesn't it absolutely absolutely yeah and that's something that obviously as you've shared today that you've really seen that play out in yeah. the negative and now in the positive which that's is beautiful that like, come around that full circle to the positive which is good absolutely i don't think you can get a more clearer definition of um you know the differences like with actual paralysis and blacking out and everything um yeah if anyone's looking for proof they can listen to your story there we are. <laughs> that's it. I, think, I think that's pretty strong proof <laughs> yeah i love that oh i feel like i could talk to you all afternoon <laughs> but we're in very different time zones so that would we are. probably mean you staying up quite late so <laughs> okay. let the limitless mothers know where is the best place for them to connect with you online uh, Facebook is probably the best um, or or Instagram, either one. But, yeah, if you, you look for Kylie Travis or The Thrift Issue, either one of mm-hmm. them on, on those platforms, I'm the one that's responding and I'm the one that will respond to messages and that sort of thing on there. So those Fantastic. are the two and they connect to my website and stuff as well. So yeah. Excellent. And I'll link all of those up, listeners, in the show notes. 
thank you so much for coming on and sharing your story with us and lessons that we can learn from your story as well and your tips on overcoming obstacles. It's been such a joy and pleasure speaking with you, Kylie. Thank you so much. Thank you. It's been awesome. There we have it, ladies. I hope you enjoyed my interview with Kylie Travers. To find out more about Kylie and the topics we discussed today, including links to those books we mentioned, head over to the show notes inside your podcast player or over at corriejavid.com forward slash podcast forward slash Kylie. One of Kylie's tips for overcoming obstacles was to seek out community. Well, you need look no further for that. Come and hang out with me and the other Limitless Mothers inside our free Facebook group. Join us at facebook.com forward forward slash groups, forward slash Limitless Mothers. And when you're inside, tell us who you are, what you do, and how you like to spend some of that luxury as a mother. I'm talking about some me time. I can't wait to connect with you. Thank you for listening. I appreciate you so much. If you've enjoyed listening to today's show, make sure you subscribe on iTunes or Stitcher so you don't miss out on any episodes. It would make my day, possibly even my week, if you could spare a minute and leave a review over on iTunes. And because I value your time so much, each month, one lucky reviewer will win a free success coaching call with yours truly. So if you'd love for us to pinpoint and then work through that one thing that's currently standing between where you are now and where you want to be, then definitely leave a review for your chance to win. Until next time, remember, you are limitless.